0: The message you are about listening to is from Pastor E.A. Adeboe, the General Overseer of the Redeemed Christian Church of God. Praise the Lord. We are continuing with our series, Going Higher. And now we are into part forty three. Our text will be First Kings Chapter eighteen. We will read Verse forty five. First Kings Chapter eighteen, Verse forty five. And it came to pass in the meanwhile that the heaven was black with clouds and wind. And there was a great rain. And Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. There's a lot also to learn from this verse, even though we might just take one big point or one big aspect. And that is, he says, there was clouds and wind and then a great rain. The Heaven was black with clouds and wind, and then a great rain. Hmm. Our God is all knowing, and His mercy is tender. I shall forty. Verse 28, Isaiah 40, verse 28, tells us that there's no searching his understanding. Our God is full of understanding, and his mercy is tender. In Psalm 69, verse 16, Psalm 69, verse 16. When when the Bible was describing the kindness of God, it calls it loving kindness. When he wants to be kind, he's kind lovingly. Lovingly. In Psalm 103, from verse 1 to 4, Psalm 103, from verse 1 to 4, when he's t- talking about uh, the reason why we should thank him, bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name, etc., etc. When he got to verse 4, he said his mercies are tender, he crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. What are you driving at? In Joshua chapter 10 from verse 9 to 11, Joshua 10 verse 9 to 11, God knows that if the rain coming down should come down in heavy blocks, it can break our heads. When it rains, The water is coming down with force. If it is too big, it can break heads. (laughs) Because in Joshua chapter 10, verse 9 to 11, when he wanted to fight the enemies of Joshua, they were running away. He just sent down bombs, as it were, from uh, above, breaking their heads. And so, when God wants to rain, he uses the cloud to break the rain into small beads. Job chapter 36 verse 26. Job 36 verse 26. He uses the cloud, as it were, to distill the water that was to come down as that we call rain, to break it into small bits. So, Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 3, Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 3 says, when the cloud is full of rain, then it it is released. But it comes down gently, gently, gently. Because you see in this story, first, the cloud. Then the wind. Then the rain. The Bible calls clouds the bottle of God, as it were. Job chapter 38, verse 37. Job 38, verse 37. He stores the rain in his bottles and drops it little, little, little on our heads. So even though God is strong and mighty, he shows he can handle people gently. You know, uh, I remember a man, very strong man, when his wife had a baby. For days he couldn't carry the baby. He said He's afraid that his hand might not be tender enough for this little thing, because he's a strong man. <laughs> you don't want to shake his hand. His hand is strong enough to crush your elbows. So this, the wife had a baby. Hey, this is your son. Please let me just be looking. <laughs> but God, as strong as he is, according to Psalm 68, verse 34, Psalm 68, verse 34, even though he's strong, he still demonstrates his gentleness by the way of the clouds. He uses the cloud to show you, I am strong, but I can be gentle. And so in Isaiah chapter 5, from verse 1 to 6, Isaiah 5, verse 1 to 6, the Bible says, when God is angry, He commands the clouds not to rain. He closes the bottle. <laughs> and says, eh, don't let rain drop. So in Zachariah chapter 10 verse one, Isaiah chapter 10 verse one. When you pray to God to send the rain, you are actually asking him to make clouds. That's a point. Because no clouds means no rain. If you have ever been to nations where you have uh, deserts, you look up into the sky, the sky will always be clear. Because no cloud means no rain. So, for the rain to fall, first we must have the clouds. The next thing is the wind. Because this passage where I said the heaven was black with clouds, and then the wind blew. When the wind blows, you know, I mean, we can go through the scriptures and consider several things that could happen when the wind blows. Whenever the wind is blowing, it implies number one, God is about to do something new. Something new is about to emerge. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, Genesis chapter 2, verse 7 after God made mud in the shape of a man, he breathed into his nose The breath of life. That wind that blew into that mud must have been a very gentle one. Something that had never been before began. I'm praying today that the almighty God will blow gently into your life and produce something good, something beautiful that you have never known before. In Exodus chapter 14 from verse 1 to 28, Exodus 14 from verse 1 to 28, the wind blew. Only this time it wasn't that gentle breeze. It was a very strong blowing. It created a way where there was no way before. Split the rest into two. Created a way for his children to pass through. The enemies followed them. As soon as they got to the other side of the, of the sea, the wind blew again. This time in the other direction. And the sea came together and swallowed the enemy. When the wind blows, it could mean that a long time problem It's about to end permanently. I pray that the problems that have been plaguing your life for generations will come to an end today. Because the wind of God will blow. In Ezekiel 37 from verse 1 to 10, Ezekiel 37 from verse 1 to 10, in the valley of dry bones, you know the story. God told Ezekiel, prophesy. He prophesied to the dry bones. They came together bones to bone. Flesh covered them. And the Bible said there was no life in them. God said, Prophesy again. This time prophesy to the wind. Wind blow. The wind blew. And the irreversible was reversed. An army that have been dead, forgotten completely, stood up again. A mighty army. When the wind blows, there is restoration. Opportunities that have been lost are forcefully restored. So I'm praying again for those of you who are listening to me that the wind will blow. And there will be a mighty restoration Amen. of every opportunity you have ever lost. Amen. And when the wind blows, as we are going to see later on in our study, in First Kings chapter 19, from verse 9 to 18, 1 Kings 19 from verse 9 to 18, when the wind blows, it means God, has something to say. And it's just using the wind as an advanced team. We will come to that later on in the series, if the Lord tarries long enough for us to get to that stage. In the meantime, in Acts chapter 2, from verse 1 to 4, Acts 2, verse 1 to 4. When the wind blew in the upper room, it is a significant point to say, hey, God is not just visiting. He has come to dwell. Because after the wind blew in the upper room, the church was born. And the wind is still blowing today. That's why the church is still marching on. I am praying that the Almighty God will visit somebody today Amen. and visit never to depart, Amen. even as the wind blows. Now in 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 38 to 39, First King chapter 18, verse 38 to 39, the people had just fallen on their faces, saying, Oh Jehovah, you are the Lord. And so the wind must blow now to announce to them Jehovah has come to retake his throne from Baal you have claimed you have proclaimed me as god here i come then the rain after the cloud then the rain and then the wind and then comes the rain the rain is a very significant thing because When it rains, it means God's anger is over. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 15, 23, and 24. Deuteronomy 28, verses 15, 23, and 24. Oh, thank you, Lord. Where the Lord asked me to tell someone, I'm turning away my anger from you today. Amen. In Deuteronomy 28 that I just quoted, God said, When I am angry, I will stop the heavens from giving rain. He said, The heaven will become like brass. And the only thing that will be falling will be dust. But when his anger is over, rain will fall. In Amos chapter 4, verse 6 to 8, Amos chapter 4, verse 6 to 8, the Bible says God can rain on one part of a city and leave the other part dry. The part that has the rain will have plenty of food. The part that has no rain will be in famine. When it rains, it means famine is over. According to Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 16 to 17, Deuteronomy 11, verse 16 to 17, it is clear. When there is no rain, there can be no harvest. And when there's no harvest... That will be famine, and continuous famine will lead to disruption. Because according to Isaiah 55 verse 10, Isaiah 55 verse 10, when it rains, the soil will respond and produce food for the eater and seed for the sower. May the almighty God send his rain upon you. Amen. But then it wasn't ordinary rain that fell. In this passage we read, it was abundant rain, abundant rain. Abundant rain according to Deuteronomy chapter 11 from verse 13 to 15. Deuteronomy 11:13 to 15 stands for Fullness of harvest. A lot of harvest. And according to Joel chapter 2, from verse 23 to 27, Joel 2, 23 to 27, that means overflowing blessings. May I pray for you again. May the almighty God give you showers of blessings. Mm. Now there are one or two other lessons I want to touch very quickly one of which is that dark clouds naturally precede showers of blessings it was a very dark cloud that was hanging over the widow of Zarephath. In 1 Kings 17, verse 8 to 16, 1 Kings 17, verse 8 to 16, when that widow said, there's only one meal for me to eat with my son, and then we will die. I've told you before what that widow was saying is that after this meal, we're going to commit suicide. It's a very dark moment. The cloud was dark. But you know, that very day, it became showers of blessing. She didn't have to ration her food anymore. Now the boy and herself can now eat and be full. In Second King chapter four, verse one to seven, Second King chapter four, verse one to seven, the cloud must have been very dark when they told that widow, "You don't pay our money by tomorrow, we will sell your sons." It cannot be a very happy day at all at the beginning to learn that the only two sons you are holding on will soon be gone. But before the end of the day, the cloud has turned to showers of blessings. Every dark cloud in your life, today, before the day is over, will turn out to become showers of blessings. Just maybe one more point within the little time we have left. Abundant rain could be sent to check your foundation. In Matthew chapter 7, from verse 24 to 27, Matthew seven twenty-four to 27, the Lord spoke about two houses, one built on the rock, another built on sand. The two of them looked fine, until the flood came, when the rain fell abundantly, and the flood came, one house stood, the other fell. In Deuteronomy chapter eight, from verse eleven to twenty, Deuteronomy chapter eight, from verse eleven to twenty, the Bible warned that when you are eat, you have eaten and you are full when you are dwelling in houses you didn't build, when things begin to prosper mightily in your life, don't dare forget that it is God who gave you power to get wealth. Because he says if you dare forget, ah, you will become an ex-rich In first Kings chapter eleven from verse one to eleven, first Kings chapter eleven from verse one to eleven, prosperity came to Solomon. How did he use the prosperity? He started marrying wives. Not many, just seven hundred wives and three hundred concubines the Bible tells us, his wife torn his heart from the Lord. And God spoke to a man. The Bible said God spoke to a man to whom he had applied twice, and said, "Because you have done this, I will tear the kingdom from your hand. Prosperity is good. But it could be to check your foundation. In Luke chapter 12, verse 16 to 21, Luke 12 from verse 16 to 21, Bible tells us the story of a man whose farm brought forth plentifully. And he said, ah, I've made it. Now let me relax and enjoy for the rest of my life. Bible says God called him a fool. Because he had to die suddenly. And he said this will be the same thing that will happen to those who prosper and they forget heaven. Let me conclude. It is God's desire that you have all your needs met. Philippians 4.19 says so. Philippians 4.19 My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. That's why Jesus came. John chapter 10 verse 10. John 10 verse 10. says, I've come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. God is interested in your prosperity. Mm Mm-hmm. But in Matthew chapter 6, from verse 24 to 33, Matthew 6, 24 to 33, he concluded by saying, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And everything, every other thing will be added to you. Matthew 16, verse 26, Matthew 16, verse 26 says, Your soul is far more precious than all the wealth. In the world. What does he profit a man if he gains the whole world and he loses his soul? My prayer for you is that God will give you abundance, but I pray that the abundance will not take you away from him. As for those of you who have not yet surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, the Bible says your soul is more precious than all the wealth in the world. You know what that means? Add all the wealth in America to all the wealth in China, to all the wealth in Europe, to all the wealth in Middle East, to all the wealth wherever wealth can be found. Add it all together. It can buy your soul. Your soul is far, far more precious than all the wealth in the world. That's why I keep crying to you. Settle the issue of your soul first. Be sure that you are saved. Be sure that when you die, you go to heaven and not to hell. So if you want to give your life to Jesus Christ, bow your head now. And I will pray for you. Don't let money or wealth, take you away from the one who can save your soul, so that in eternity you will be in heaven. If you want to surrender your life to Jesus, please bow your head, call on Jesus, ask him to please receive you, save your soul, so that when you leave this world, you end up in heaven. After he has saved your soul. He will supply all your needs. Cry to him now. And I will. Join you in prayers. My father and my God. Once again I want to say thank you for your word. Almighty God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For all those who are deciding now. That they want to surrender their life to you. They would rather have Jesus. Than Every other thing that the world can offer. Please receive them. Save their souls. Let your blood wash away their sins. Give them a brand new beginning. Receive them into the family of God. And let them serve you to the very end. And I'm praying for them and I'm praying for every one of us listening to you. Please, Lord, let us put heaven first. So that when we leave this world, Will be there to reign with you. Amen. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Faster. please join us on this same station at this time for another wonderful experience as pastor ea e. Adeboye exposes the deep mysteries in the word of god